Welcome to the Functional Medicine Podcast with Dr. McMinn and Coach Lindsay. We're coming to you from McMinn Clinic in Birmingham, Alabama, where Dr. McMinn is an integrative and functional MD, and Lindsay Matthews is a registered nurse and IIN certified health coach. In this podcast, we'll be discussing the latest information on a wide range of topics in the field of functional medicine, which looks for the root cause of disease, and integrative medicine, which incorporates both conventional and alternative therapies. Our overall goal is to help you be the best that you can be in mind, body, and spirit. The following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please do not apply any of this information without approval from your personal doctor. And now, on to the show with Dr. McMinn and Coach Lindsay. And welcome back to the Functional Medicine Podcast with Dr. McMinn and Coach Lindsay Matthews. Coach Lindsay had a precious little baby girl, so she took some much-needed time off to make the important and beautiful transition into her new family situation. So we've missed her, we're mighty happy for her, and we're delighted to have her back. A warm welcome back to you, Coach Lindsay. Thank you, Dr. Winkman. I am honored to be back on the show today. We've got a great topic, too. Well, I think we do. A much overdue topic. Yes. It's something we see a lot in the clinic, for sure, and um, I think it has profound um, impacts on our patients to get her, their thyroid optimized. But before we get going today, I want to remind our listeners that McMinn Clinic is a complete, dedicated, integrative, and functional medicine clinic in Birmingham, Alabama. We do our best to get to the root cause of your problem, and we use our expanded toolbox of therapies to help you get better. We also embrace the concept of optimization so that you can experience vibrant living in mind, body, and spirit. There are so many people out there who don't really have a disease per se, but uh, they feel pretty miserable, just to put it bluntly. And so they go to their doctors and uh, have vague symptoms such as low energy, brain fog, aching all over, weak and dizzy, all those things. And all their labs come back normal. So the doctors tell them there's nothing wrong with them and they're just uh, stressed out. They get a pat on the back and the doctor tells them that they're just getting old and, by the way, get used to it. You know, I, mm-hmm. if that comes off as Dr. Bashing Liz, it's not really meant to. It's just we hear the story over and over, don't we? Correct. Yes, and yes, I, I know I've experienced it, and mm-hmm. some of your family members have experienced yes. it as well. So, yeah. uh, once again, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, bashing anybody, but it's just uh, we, we see people who kind of fall through the cracks of modern medicine and uh, those typical patients who have vague symptoms but normal labs, uh, but still, nonetheless, they, they need help. Uh, so, these are the patients we love to see at McMinn Clinic. We do a thorough workup, we get them optimized so they can get on with their life, uh, and in many cases, enjoy vibrant living again. We don't bat 100%, but the vast majority of our cases, the turnaround is remarkable. So if you want to get optimized, or if you're struggling with a chronic disease such as fatigue, fibromyalgia, gut problems, thyroid problems, stubborn weight gain, metabolic dysfunction, toxin issues such as mold or heavy metals, dysautonomia, cognitive decline, sexual health issues, autoimmune disease, chronic sinusitis, or PCOS, just to name a few, then come to see us at McMinn Clinic. We have a whole team of folks who all get it and who are dedicated to getting you better. So we're currently accepting new patients, so check us out at McMinnClinic.com and give us a call. And there's one more thing I want to uh, mention before we get on to today's topic. Uh, I want to say a few words, uh, heartfelt words, about our sponsor today, our friendly, friendly folks down at the Wellness Pharmacy. And when I say friends, I really mean it. I hang out with these people, and I can vouch for their friendliness, expertise, quality, integrity, and professionalism. I feel very lucky to have them here to serve my patients locally, but they're also one of the largest compounding pharmacies in the country, so they ship just about everywhere. Uh, They've been in business for over 50 years, uh, so they've been there, done that, with just about everything in the compounding pharmacy challenge. So uh, some of the areas of expertise include chelation, bioidentical hormones, 
preservative-free uh, injectables, and they are a major player in the autism community. They're uh, totally committed to quality to the point where they check, check, and recheck the quality and safety of every prescription that goes out the door. I found them to be a great resource for me and my patients. So if you're a provider or a patient out there, give Wellness Pharmacy a call or contact them at wellnesspharmacy.com. And now, on to the show, Lindsay. We are so very excited about our topic today, which is thyroid disease, with a focus particularly on hypothyroidism, which means low thyroid. We've treated many thousands of patients with this condition over the years at McMinn, and we've seen a profound effect that thyroid optimization can have on patients. So I'm happy to introduce our very special guest today to dive into this important subject, our very own Dr. McMinn, and he truly is an expert. Well, thank you. It's a, a drum roll, please, Ben. It, yeah, it, we, we need some uh, canned applause in there, uh, Ben, for me. Please. Thank you. But uh, anyway, uh, um, I do agree, uh, Coach Lindsay. Uh, thyroid is a very important subject, and it's about time that we shed some light on this on the Functional Medicine Podcast. So let's start with just the basics. What does the thyroid regulate, and what might be the symptoms of hypothyroidism? Well, Lindsay, as, as uh, my daughters and uh, this younger generation might say, OMG, uh, uh, it, uh, it stands for a lot. Uh, thyroid is so important for so many things. Um, the main thing it does is controls metabolic rate in the body. I think of it like a thermostat in the body's furnace that tells the body how fast to burn fuel or calories. It also contributes to cell growth and cell repair. The number one effect uh, clinically uh, for thyroid is energy. It affects body temperature, heart rate, digestive function, weight, um, muscle control, brain health, mood, bone health, and the list really goes on and on. Bottom line, it's a very powerful hormone. The most common symptoms of hypothyroid include fatigue and weight gain. Other symptoms include uh, uh, slow heart rate, low body temperature, dry skin, and hair, hair loss, constipation, cold intolerance, puffy skin, swollen tongue, and brain fog. Mm, that brain fog, it oh, really yeah. can get a lot of us. Mm. <laughs> um, so we often hear that patients have increased and increased their doses of thyroid medication. You, they keep going back to their doctor, I'm still tired, I'm still tired, that kind of thing. Um, what else could be going on here? Um, and I'll just kind of sneak this in, that it might be related to their medication, mm -hmm. like a Synthroid, right. and that not being adequate. Great question, uh, Coach. You're always full of good questions. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, Synthroid's a great drug, uh, and certainly uh, it's in my toolbox. It's very commonly used, and I think for most doctors, it's the first uh, go-to drug. Um, it's essentially a, what I call a pure T4. Um, and many people do fine with this. However, there are uh, uh, two main types of thyroid hormone, T3 and T4. T4 is, as in Synthroid, is relatively inactive. It has to be converted to T3, the active form, which uh, is the main thyroid hormone that acts at the cells. For some people, they don't convert properly from the Synthroid to the T3, so they don't really get the effect that they're hoping for. I find that many of these people uh, who don't feel uh, the desired effects on the thyroid replacement with Synthroid uh, often feel better on a T3-T4 combination, such as Armour Thyroid, uh, or even a pure T3, like Cytomel. Hmm. So that kind of rolls into another question, which is what exactly is reverse T3 when we're talking about that whole mm -hmm. conversion issue? Mm -hmm. And so what happens when the reverse T3 is high? Yeah, well, as the body converts to T4 to T3, it sometimes goes down what I call a false pathway. Uh, instead of going to uh, T3 and to get all those wonderful positive effects like better energy, it gets what I call hijacked down to reverse T3, uh, which I think of as a dummy hormone. Reverse T3 occupies the cell receptors, but it has very little activity. If 
practically no activity. So in essence, it acts like an anti-thyroid hormone. Uh, so in these patients, uh, they can have a fairly good-looking TSH, but if they have a whopping reverse T3, then they may feel functionally hypothyroid. Uh, they have uh, low energy, weight gain, brain fog, cold hands and feet, all the other things I mentioned with uh, hypothyroid above. So uh, there are many uh, reasons why people might go down this false pathway, including stress, toxins, inflammation, low iron, liver problems, uh, calorie-restricted diet, Lyme disease, just to name a few. So interesting. Isn't and, it? and yeah. you know, we had that whole, mm-hmm. we talked about calories with um, Dr. Judd, for sure. But mm-hmm. it's just that misleading idea that calorie restriction is all we need. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these poor people out here, we might be thinking, well, my weight, I can't lose weight, so I'm going to yeah. reduce calories when actually the root cause issue mm-hmm. might be, oh, I'm having a thyroid issue. And then they compound that by calorie restriction and it makes it all worse. Well, yeah, Coach, uh, um, you know, uh, I have this concept of the levels of weight, uh, uh, weight loss or weight gain. And certainly calories in, calories out is uh, very important. What you eat, uh, how you eat, when you eat, why you eat. But so many people are struggling or what I call swimming upstream uh, against what I call metabolic dysfunction. Let's say mm-hmm. if they have had low thyroid or high reverse T3, they're not, uh, they're, their metabolic engines aren't stoked. And so they uh, are just not burning their calories. So I think that we owe it to them to give them a level playing field so they're not yeah. swimming upstream against a tide of slow metabolic dysfunction, making it almost difficult, difficult to burn off their calories. Yes. So thyroid optimization can Mm -hmm. level that playing field. Yes, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about other things that can level the playing field. What's the role of adrenals in Mm -hmm. thyroid support? And can you share some of your favorite ways and tips to keep those adrenal glands functioning well? Sure. Yeah, that too is a little bit of a controversial area, but uh, I've embraced it. In times of stress, our adrenal glands produce more of the stress hormone cortisol. Cortisol then interferes with the production of thyroid hormone. So less thyroid hormone is produced, and then when it is produced, the cortisol makes more of that go down the reverse T3 pathway. Mm. So again, people under stress are at greater risk of feeling hypothyroid symptoms. Wow. As far as adrenal support, it starts with the basics of lifestyle medicine, which we talk about all the time, the stress reduction, good night's sleep, healthy diet, and gut health. And then I move on to what I call adaptogenic herbs like ashwagandha and rhodiola. Finally, for those who need it, uh, who have chronic stress and end up uh, coming down through the curve and, and having a low cortisol, uh, um, what, what we sometimes call adrenal burnout, then I will often use a physiologic dose of cortisol, which for some people can be uh, really life-altering. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we've got adrenal support that can help our thyroid optimization, but another question we'll often hear is, what can I do as far as my diet to mm-hmm. help with thyroid mm-hmm. optimization? So what are your thoughts there, Dr. Mittman? Yeah, I think for hypothyroidism, uh, it's really pretty simple, just a good, well-rounded uh, diet, plenty of uh, fruits and vegetables, some meats, eggs, uh, gluten-free uh, grains and seeds. Dairy products are all okay, uh, 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 and those all work for people with hypo or low thyroid. What about lots of sugar and pastries? Uh, of course, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that for anybody, Coach. Of course, it is the holidays. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, no, just a good, healthy, what, what I call McMinn diet. Whole, mm-hmm. uh, hey, I have a new diet. It's, in, uh, it's called the three-word diet. Oh, what's that? Whole food diet. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. If you want to get more complicated, I use my five-word diet. Whole food, plant center diet, right? How about yes. that? Keep it simple. Keep, Keep it simple. simple. I That's love right. that. That's right. Well, and it's so true. We've, t- mm-hmm. we've hit diet several times on this podcast, mm-hmm. and it continues to come back to just 
that three-word yeah. whole food diet. Whole food diet, that's right. It, it, mm-hmm. that's, it, that's really the, the essence of it, whole food diet. I think uh, mm-hmm. processed food is the devil. Mm-hmm. And, of course, sugar falls under the umbrella of uh, processed food. So if you could just stick to those three words, whole food diet, then I think yes. you've got it. Yeah. yeah, I think sometimes we uh-huh. try to make it more complicated than it really mm-hmm. is. We, mm-hmm. we want it to be more complicated because... Yes. You know, in reality, that whole food diet can be complex. Yes, yes <laughs> it, it can, can be challenging for well, us. Especially in the modern world we live in, mm-hmm. you know, where we're surrounded by uh, by badness. Right. As far as supplementation, some selenium and zinc might be helpful, and iodine can help too. But uh, I generally don't recommend supplementing with iodine unless I first test it. I do this with a, an iodine challenge test. Um, but also keep in mind that iodine supplementation in the presence of Hashimoto's disease can make the disease worse. Hmm. And we'll circle back around to Hashimoto's probably mm-hmm. in a few minutes, yes. maybe. Um, However, hyper, an overactive thyroid, it's an entirely different uh, ballgame, and that's not what really the podcast is about today. But with hyper, you want to avoid iodized salt, shellfish, seaweed, and kelp. So um, if we could, I would love to step back to the medications. Mm -hmm. We we touched on Synthroid, but I know there's also another big mainstream one, Cytomel. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between Synthroid and Cytomel? Yeah, great question, Lizzie. Uh, Well, you know, Cytomel is not that mainstream, really. Uh, uh, I don't think most doctors use it or are very comfortable with it. Uh, Mm -hmm. But uh, over the years, I've uh, uh, grown to... um, Use quite a bit of it, and it's an important tool in my toolbox. It's certainly not the first thing I reach for. Um, uh, but uh, as I mentioned before, uh, the Synthroid is a pure T4 product, where Cytomel is a pure T3. So uh, the thyroid gland produces T3 and T4. All the T4 is made in the thyroid gland, whereas the T3, some other tissues in the body produce T3. And about 80% of T3 in the body is produced outside the thyroid gland by removal of an iodine atom from T4 to make T3, which is more, the more active form of thyroid. This happens mainly in the liver and to a lesser degree in the kidney. However, the things that block the conversion of T4 to T3, these include uh, uh, things like stress, inflammation, toxins, low-calorie diets, beta blockers, and some other medications. Another thing worth noting is that with the vast majority uh, of uh, T4 and T3 are bound to protein and therefore unusable by cells, the only form of thyroid uh, that the body can really use is the free or unbound T3 and T4. Mm. So, so when it comes to Cytomel, uh, Lindsay, I, um, I often uh, find for those people who have not responded well to uh, an armor uh, uh, or desiccated thyroid or uh, even to Synthroid, I find that T3 could be magical. Um, uh, a couple of hints there would be if somebody has a, uh, a significantly low free T3 on their labs and a high reverse T3, sometimes giving them a pure T3, like a Cytomel, can, can really do the trick for them. So how do you differentiate what's appropriate for each patient? Um, like when do you treat with mm-hmm. just the Synthroid versus just, say, a Cytomel? Or when do you use a combination mm-hmm. or consider um, what you mentioned, that desiccated thyroid yeah. product? Yeah, it really depends on the patient. Uh, one of the most common symptoms of low thyroid, of course, is low energy. Uh, and I, I kind of fancy myself what I call an energy doctor. Um, I uh, teach at the uh, uh, University of Alabama Medical School, and I have students with me all the time. A uh, student last week, I told him the number one complaint you'll hear from your patients uh, is low energy. And yet doctors learn uh, very little about it. So I've really embraced energy. I love to see people with low energy because I know I can help them. But certainly, uh, uh, you've got to get their, their thyroid optimized in patients like that. So it really is all about the patient. Um, I found over the years, uh, I generally start um, with a kind of a desiccated thyroid, like an armor thyroid, NP thyroid, or nature thyroid, and see how they do. Um, uh, however, uh, um, uh, some of the minority patients uh, feel better on a synthroid, uh, and we'll go to that. Uh, and uh, I'm definitely not a synthroid
thyroid basher, I have found uh, others to, uh, um, other forms of thyroid to, to be generally better for my patients. So, uh, but Synthroid's in my toolbox, and I do use it sometimes. For some people, though, a pure T3 can be magical, and I found that T3 to be particularly helpful for those patients with fibromyalgia, uh, that, that particular component of it. So basically, um, bottom line, I um, generally start with armor, and I go from there. If it doesn't do the job, we'll often tweak the dose. However, at the end of the day, if that doesn't do it, then we'll um, try the Cytomel or uh, a Synthroid regimen or some combination there, thereof. And uh, so it's all about the patient. You know, I, I, there's this wonderful con, uh, concept of what I call biochemical individuality. What works mm -hmm. for one doesn't work for the other. It's not a cookie-cutter approach, and we have to kind of just keep working uh, with that patient to find what I call their sweet spot, which is uh, where they're just right. They don't feel low. They don't feel high. They feel just right. So um, that's my general approach. And I've often heard you say, too, that, you know, it's – we, you might find that dose for a particular season for a patient, mm -hmm. but then it, it could change. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, it could go mm -hmm. up or it could go down. Mm -hmm. and, and that just reflects that bio-individuality and what's going on in that patient's life. Um, there might be other stressors or other factors that might be influencing that need for more or less mm -hmm. support. Mm -hmm. um, so when we mentioned desiccated and kind of natural mm -hmm. prescription products, I'd love to kind of expound on yeah, that yeah. as far as where they come from and yeah. that kind of thing. And are they better than Synthroid uh -huh. and Cytomel? Well, great. Uh, um, the, the desiccated thyroids, uh, desiccation is another word for dried out. So basically they come from animal sources. In this case, uh, these, the ones I've mentioned, the armor thyroid, NP thyroid, uh, and nature thyroid come from pigs. So they're basically uh, uh, dried out, purified uh, pig thyroid, which uh, um, uh, really give us a, a, a wonderful blend of uh, T1, T2, T3, T4, uh, uh, and often some calcitonin all mixed together. So it's really a very sort of physiologic uh, blend, if you will. Uh, and uh, are they better? Not necessarily. Once again, it depends on the patient. I'd say for most of my patients, uh, I have found them uh, to uh, be the best for things like energy and weight, uh, um, brain fog, oh, just overall wellness. Uh, but I do, once again, have a small minority of patients who love their Synthroid. We just, just stick with that. Uh, so um, uh, uh, it's all about the patient. Um, and of course, you know, another option we haven't even mentioned yet is the compounded option. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. That's right. That's right. And of course, our wonderful friends down at Wellness Pharmacy do a great job with that. And with compounded, you can really dial in any dose you want, any amount of T3 or T4, and you can get these sin release. Uh, so they do have some really nice options down there. But uh, um, there's an important thing, Lindsay, that I have embraced called clinical correlation. Mm. And uh, really, it's all about how the patient feels on, on a certain uh, thyroid, uh, type of thyroid or thyroid dose. Um, and um, I, uh, um, I think uh, at the end of the day, people who are truly hypo feel hypo, and people who are hyper feel hyper. Uh, so um, I try to kind of dial them in to, uh, to get them feeling just right. And I think uh, we have to, as providers, just try to listen to the patient and, um, and see how they're doing. And also, uh, of course, uh, do our job as far as uh, do, taking a thorough history and examining them and rechecking labs and uh, making sure we've got them uh, uh, fine-tuned. I'm going to hit you with another question mm -hmm. from a different angle here. Mm -hmm. um, what about... TPO antibodies in mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this word called Hashimoto's. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Well, it is the most common cause of low thyroid. Uh, um, Hashimoto's thy uh, thyroiditis is an autoimmune disease whereby 
antibodies attack the thyroid as if the thyroid is a foreign body. And this then uh, damages the thyroid gland and ultimately makes it become hypothyroid. It is the most common cause of low thyroid. What are the symptoms of Hashimoto's? Why would someone suspect they might have it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, the first thing is you might notice there's some swelling in your neck because uh, sometimes when you do get mm-hmm. uh, enough uh, antibodies uh, attacking your thyroid, you will get a thyroiditis, which is kind of an inflammation of the thyroid, mm-hmm. which can create some swelling, and you might notice some swelling at the base of your neck. Um, but otherwise, it's just basically going to be the uh, usual uh, low thyroid symptoms that we've talked about before, the fatigue, the weight gain. Uh, uh, the classic ones are just people feel cold all the time. I've had people come in my office in July in Alabama, and they're wearing a coat. You know, right. and, and we have some of our office people, you walk around the office, they have these big coats on. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, and of course, some signs we look for, uh, um, the thinning of the eyebrows, uh, the thick tongue, a puffy face, uh, um, all those kind of things. So we look for signs and symptoms, uh, um, and those are the first things you notice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so follow-up question, you know, I've had a lot of patients where I've spoken with them and they hear, oh, I have these elevated antibodies and they're pretty devastated by that. Um, And the following question is, what can I do about it? Will that ever change? Mm -hmm. You know, for many years, uh, Lindsay, I thought it couldn't. uh, And and quite frankly, I thought it was useless to to try to make it change. Uh, I thought you could just basically compensate for the autoimmune disease by treating with thyroid medication, but the actual Mm -hmm. autoimmune disease was there. But uh, over the years, I've uh, changed my tune on that. And, uh, uh, you know, what we've realized is that there are three major things uh, that cause any autoimmune disease, uh, including Hashimoto's. The first is, of course, genetics. Um, uh, Autoimmune disease does tend to run in families. The second is uh, what I call a trigger. Uh, Something comes along and turns those genes on, such as stress or a virus or toxins and all those kind of things, just to name a few. The third is what we call uh, intestinal permeability or leaky gut. So if you remove the trigger and fix the gut, uh, then the antibodies will typically come down dramatically. Um, and I've seen this happen over and over with my practice. They come in and their antibodies are in the thousands. And next thing you know, they're maybe like um, just you know, 62 or something like that. So it can be remarkable. Um, and uh, that to, to me is a signal that they have less uh, antibody uh, action going on there. Mm-hmm. But if you don't do these things, on the other hand, if you don't fix the gut and remove the triggers, then the patient is at greater risk of getting more and more autoimmune disease, such as, what would those be, uh, MS, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, and so many, there's like hundreds of autoimmune diseases, so it mm-hmm. could be any one of the above. And to our listeners and viewers out there, um, if you're wondering about how to fix the gut, check out our gut health series. Oh, yes. We really had fun with that one. We, we did. Five, the, the I think bus five or, the Yes, the journey <laughs> through the gut. So yeah. check out that resource. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I just am thinking in my mind about a patient that I had spoken to a while back that had these elevated TPO antibodies. Mm-hmm. And the one step that she did that you had recommended to her was to remove gluten. Oh, yeah. And I know that's a big thing that you'll, you know, sometimes like, how do I de-stress? How do I talk? How do I get rid of toxins? And, yes. you know, where do I start? Yeah. And sometimes just going gluten-free is a great step for many patients. Not everybody needs to be gluten-free, but right. certainly um, that could be a really good step for somebody that might have an elevated TPO. Right. And, and there again, another very controversial subject. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Sorry, um, I'm throwing uh, a th- Well, that's there. right. But I, I, I <laughs> do my homework and I've become convinced that especially 
especially anybody with autoimmune disease should be uh, pretty gluten free. Mm-hmm. Um, quite frankly, I think there's uh, some evidence uh, out there that for all of us, whether you have celiac disease or not, that uh, gluten causes more intestinal permeability, which then ultimately mm-hmm. can cause more systemic inflammation and then can put you at risk for all kinds of disease, which seem unrelated, but there's a gut everything connection. So when your gut's not healthy, you're increased risk of Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, um, heart disease, cancer, uh, so many things. Uh, uh, I even had a lady just last week, it was great, she came in to, to see me a while back with eczema, had seen a bunch of dermatologists, nothing getting better, and I got, I, it took me a long time to convince her to go gluten-free, but I finally did, and the eczema's gone completely, and wow. she's thrilled, yeah, and wow. she feels so much better. Uh, and she's lost 40 pounds, by the way, because that reduced uh, systemic inflammation and that kind of thing. So, uh, so yeah, anyway, uh, I think that, uh, uh, you know, You've seen my pyramidal wellness coach, haven't you? Um, yes, sir. Uh, but um, I think if I could just have one square, it would be what you put in your body is the most important thing. Uh, so just keep going back to, to that. Um, and I think uh, for most of us, a whole food, real food, clean food, plant-centered diet uh, is the way to go. And I think uh, there again, if we can at least be gluten minimal, that would be helpful. But especially for these mm-hmm. people with autoimmune disease, they should be pretty, pretty darn gluten-free, yeah. And that's just so... Mm-hmm groundbreaking Mm -hmm. to be able to say, you know, once you've received that diagnosis, that it's not the end of story. Right. You know, like you said, that you've seen people where their TPO antibodies do decrease. And, um, you know, where you don't have to have that typical picture Mm -hmm. of more autoimmune, autoimmune, autoimmune after one after the other, the cascade. So that's exciting. Um, So we'll dial back to medications again. Mm -hmm. Um, Another common question that we get is what's the best time to take my medication? Yeah, okay. I think the best time is to take it first thing in the morning, uh, at least 30 minutes before eating. And uh, on an empty stomach, uh, preferably with just water. Now, um, uh, some people uh, even go further with that, Coach. Uh, they say an hour before or four hours before or whatever. It makes it almost impossible. I don't know. Right. It, it can be so difficult. Uh, yeah. um, and uh, so I try to keep it simple. I think 30 minutes before is fine. Um, I, another thing I think over the years I've uh, found, I think the number one thing is just being consistent. You know? mm. I mean, ultimately, mm-hmm. if, it's, if, if there is any interference, you can just uh, you know, adjust dosage. And, and check the labs and stuff like that. But I think the most important thing is to be consistent with taking your meds. Sometimes I have people who skip doses because, oh, they, I couldn't get around to it because I just had a meal or whatever. I would rather you take your thyroid even if there's a meal issue. Um, but uh, ideally, first thing in the morning, um, I know I personally, I, I, I get up, I go in the bathroom, I have a gla- big glass of water, and boom, I take my thyroid medicine. By the way, a, a little quick uh, st- um, story for you, Coach. Um, you know, I was... Uh, a young man years ago. It's hard for you to believe I was a young man. What it was, <laughs> I was ever a young. I've not always been old like oh, this. Oh man! But anyway, I was a young man, and uh, I went for, to my doctor for just a regular checkup. I had no complaints. I don't even know why she did the test, but she did a CSH, and she called me and she said, uh, "Jim, your TSH is elevated." And we we talked about it. I was a thin guy. I had no energy issues. Uh, uh, we wow, didn't believe. Yeah. So we repeated the test. Guess what? It was still elevated significantly and so um so again we didn't believe the data so (laughs) we repeated it again a third time time, and it was still elevated so uh, i guess my point there is sometimes these uh, thyroid things can be very subtle you know and you don't Mm. necessarily have symptoms but you know i talked to her she's a pretty sharp lady uh, um i should say sharp doctor and so i um i 
personally, I've been on thyroid medicine for, gosh, over 30 years. Uh, um, and uh, I think it's probably, even if you're not symptom, symptomatic, it's probably not good for you to have a hypothyroid situation. Mm-hmm. That, that, that challenge on the body. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they can be going on in your body that you don't necessarily feel that are not good. Like, for instance, uh, something I'm going to cover in just a moment, how people uh, with uh, hypothyroid or elevated TSH are more likely ultimately to get things like Alzheimer's. Yeah. Now, you can't necessarily mm-hmm. feel that you're getting Alzheimer's. Right. Yeah. Although my wife would say maybe I <laughs> need to get checked for that. But, but nonetheless, uh, uh, I think that, yeah, it's not healthy to have a high TSH. Um, and uh, I think uh, studies also just suggest that um, if untreated, it will, it will tend to get worse. And so, um, so yeah, I've been on thyroid uh, for a long time. Uh, um, and I've, I, I started out with Synthroid, but I personally uh, am taking armor. I've been for many years now and feel great with it. So, yeah. Well, so that, that's my that that's my story, there. Lindsay, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> that's a good story for us to hear. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you may have hit on this, but just before we move off of timing of medication, um, do you recommend splitting that dose sometimes? Well, Thank you, Lindsay. Uh, a great question. It depends on the patient. Uh, I sometimes do. Uh, I, and there again, um, I'll tell you my personal story since the world re- world revolves around me. Uh, so. They're good stories. We remember this so, story. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, so like, um, so I'll take a certain amount of thyroid, and um, but then when you check my labs, it says I need more. My TSH is still kind of high. Mm-hmm. and But if I take more, I feel jittery, right? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like caffeine-y, like, a, like I've got too much thyroid, hyperthyroid. So what I found is if I split it, I take uh, some in the morning and some at noon, then I can take the amount I need to have to get my TSH down where it needs to be, mm-hmm. but I don't get that jittery, hyper feeling because uh, I'm splitting it. Yeah. So I also... also split it sometimes when somebody comes in and they they take their thyroid and they feel pretty good throughout the morning but then they get that afternoon slump and sometimes in that situation I'll often split it as well like let's say if I have them on 90 milligrams of armor thyroid I'll split it into maybe 60 in the morning and 30 uh, around noon and now what do you do with the around noon and lunch Uh, okay yeah if you can take it uh, maybe set your um, iPhone or whatever to take it maybe 30 minutes before lunch that's good or worst case scenario, you could always just put it under your tongue and let it dissolve under the tongue sublingually, mm-hmm. even if you've had a meal, and uh, that way uh, the food issue kind of becomes a non-issue. Yeah, but I do think that for some people, splitting it can be very helpful. And, and uh, you know, Lindsay, uh, when medical students or nurses or whatever are growing up learning about thyroid, we have our, our medical books and nursing books. And uh, I think the only thing you'll ever learn from those is about Synthroid, and you'll learn about mm-hmm. TSH. You won't right. really learn about free T3, reverse T3, armor thyroid, any of that stuff. I learned about armor from my patients, quite frankly. Uh, um, I didn't even know about it, never heard of it. Uh, and then one of my patients was saying how much better she felt on armor, and, and I acted like I knew what it was. <laughs> but I went home that night and looked it up. Uh, and so, um, uh, so certainly, uh, um, you know, then I started reading more and more about uh, how to treat fatigue. Um, and I don't mind giving him a shout-out. Dr. Teitelbaum uh, was one of my heroes many years ago. We took his yeah. course, and, and uh, uh, he was the fatigue guru. Uh, um, and uh, deserves a lot of credit. But uh, from him, I learned about how to treat fatigue and, and also um, uh, the value of things like armor thyroid. So um, I've certainly embraced it. And, and there was a study many years ago I remember looking at. It wasn't huge, uh, um, but it basically the, the, the summary of it was women aren't armor thyroid. They felt better, had better energy, 
and had better weight control than on Synthroid. So I think it's one of those things that, for all things considered, I've, uh, I kind of give it a try, but I'm, I'm not uh, beholden to it. That is, if it doesn't work, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely um, free to go on to a Cytomel or Synthroid. Another great book, uh, um, I, uh, oh, oh yeah, there's a, there's a wonderful book called um, um, Stop the Thyroid Madness. Uh, yes. It's really great, and, and she has a beautiful website, and on that website and book, as opposed to traditional textbooks, you'll learn about uh, um, uh, splitting doses, and you'll learn about all the different forms. So uh, uh, hats off, to, I forget her name, but uh, wonderful book, Stop the Thyroid Madness. And years ago, there's a great book called The Metabolic Treatment of Fibromyalgia, Dr. Lowe. I called Dr. Lowe a couple times. He's, uh, I think, deceased now. But uh, he said for people with fatigue and fibro, especially with the fibro component, his go-to was Cytomel. And I've used that over the years uh, with some pretty good success. Uh, so, um, uh, so yeah, it really depends on the patient and what their needs are. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, Synthroid, Cytomel, Armour Thyroid, they're all in my toolbox, and I use them all. Uh, and it's all about the patient and finding her sweet spot and what feels good for her and dialing her in and getting her optimized. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, and speaking about optimization, um, another question we commonly will get is, once I get optimized, mm -hmm. is it possible for me to reduce my dose or come off my thyroid medication? Sure. Well, it is, especially if you can you know, fix uh, the gut health, toxins, and uh, all that kind of stuff, absolutely. But that's why uh, um, we have people come back and uh, we recheck them, uh, uh, we sit with them and see how they're doing, uh, uh, how are their symptoms? We check vital signs. We examine them. And if you do all those things, then, uh, yeah, uh, sometimes we do need to make adjustments up or down. Um, okay. Another one, a patient might have thyroid nodules. Mm -hmm. And why do they get thyroid nodules? Yeah. Will they ever go away? What can they do about them? Well, yeah, thyroid nodules uh, are something that... Uh, um, raises a little bit of a red flag for us. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, I, I do want to point out that most of the time, they are an overgrowth of normal tissue. Um, and why that happens, we're not really sure. It seems like there's a strong genetic basis for that. Uh, but other things can cause it, such as uh, Hashimoto's, uh, uh, iodine deficiency, chronic inflammation of the thyroid, and yes, uh, it can be a side of thyroid cancer. So, um, and also, it's interesting, uh, people with Hashimoto's or people with antibodies, there is a correlation. I'm not saying cause and effect, or a one-to-one correlation, but there is a correlation in increased incidence with thyroid cancer. So when they have antibodies, we usually get an ultrasound and uh, just to sort of check that. And, and if then there are nodules, a typical um, management of that is if the nodules are less than a centimeter, uh, we don't typically um, worry about those too much. It's unlikely that they're uh, um, uh, carcinogenic at, uh, or malignant uh, less than a centimeter. If they're over a centimeter, then they may need a biopsy to, to take a look at that and make sure it's not a cancerous nodule. But even in that situation, most of them are benign and non cancerous. Um, what are lifestyle changes that people can make for supporting their thyroid? Well, for supporting just about anything, Lindsay, uh, mm -hmm. uh, it boils down to uh, the fundamentals that you'll see on my Pyramid of Wellness, uh, which you can all just visit on our website. Uh, but it's things such as getting a good night's sleep, stress reduction, regular exercise, healthy diet, avoiding toxins, and optimizing gut health. Perfect. And so for our listeners out there, how might they know if they have a thyroid issue? 
Well, it's usually about symptoms. Uh, uh, so with low thyroid, uh, everything slows down. Uh, so um, I'd say the biggest things they'll feel are fatigue and weight gain, um, uh, often slow heart rate, dry skin, uh, uh, constipation, cold intolerance, puppy skin, um, swollen tongue, and brain fog are very common. Uh, with women, they often get to menstrual irregularities and can even affect the fertility. Mm. For children, it can cause a stunted growth, and for newborns, it can actually affect uh, brain development. On examination, these people, they, they often uh, have classic signs. They lose the outer third of their eyebrows, can have a kind of a swollen uh, um, lower neck uh, due to the inflammation in the thyroid, a thick tongue with some what I call scalloping. Uh, this is the, the kind of grooving along the side of the tongue, which you often look for. Slow heart rate, uh, edema, especially in the ankles and uh, the kind of inner aspect of the ankles, what I call a non-pitting edema, and the uh, low body temperature. However, if they're hyper, that's a whole different story. With that, everything speeds up. These people have more like uh, they feel hot all the time, fast heart rate, palpitations, anxiety, weight loss, uh, sometimes diarrhea, um, moist, sweaty skin, um, hair loss. Um, it's interesting, uh, Coach, uh, we see hair loss with hypo or hyper. Yeah, yeah. it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so somebody might have these symptoms and they go to their doctor and they say, hey, I think I have thyroid issues. I need to check my thyroid. You know, thyroid labs are not all the same. <laughs> what mm-hmm. do you recommend for a thyroid panel? Well, yeah, it's another controversial subject. And for years and years, I was taught that you just need a TSH uh, and you can kind of hang your hat on that. Um, however, uh, uh, lots of other folks, including myself, uh, uh, have begun to uh, realize that uh, getting a more complete thyroid panel may be helpful. It gives us a more detailed breakdown of the thyroid function. Um, I typically get a TSH, free T3, free T4, reverse T3, and what we call TPO antibodies, which are thyroid antibodies. Um, And I think that gives you a much better look at the complete picture. A lot of times they have a normal TSH, but their free T3 is low or they have an abundance of reverse T3, so they're functionally hypothyroid even with a normal TSH. However, at the end of the day, once again, it's all about what I call clinical correlation. People who are hypo feel hypo. People who are hyper feel hyper. I read a great book years ago called Hypothyroidism by Dr. Broda Barnes. He made this argument in his book, and I have found it to be helpful and true for my patients. So, for instance, when a patient comes to see me with profound fatigue, fibromyalgia, cold all the time, and many other symptoms of low thyroid, um, I think that basically what I've come to realize, Lindsay, is that patient deserves a trial with thyroid medications, no matter what their labs show. Once mm-hmm. again, I, I fall um, in the camp of treating the patient and not the labs. Um, yes. And I think if you listen to those patients, you know, giving them a trial. And, and so one of two things is going to happen. Generally, they feel remarkably better. In rare cases, they start to uh, feel a little bit hyper, in which case I back them off. But I think it's worth giving them a trial. Um, and um, there's another healthy debate about what the TSH should be. Uh, um, the older lab ref- reference ranges uh, are about maybe seven as far as the upper limit of TSH. And then it was six, and now LabCorp says it's 4.5. So that keeps changing. And a lot of really smart uh, folks and uh, uh, doctors and institutions uh, now say it should be down below 2.5 or even 2.0, depending on who you read. And so, uh, once again, the target keeps changing. Uh, and so, um, uh, so I think that uh, at the end of the day, uh, once again, it boils down to clinical correlation for me. Um, um, and then there's another concept, Lindsay, uh, called thyroid optimization. And what I mean by that is sometimes a patient comes in and you look, check, for instance, their TSH, and it's kind of barely normal. The doctor will call it, uh, you're low normal, and they tend to leave it alone and not treat it. 
But that same patient feels miserable. They have all the classic symptoms of low thyroid. And for some of these patients, they feel a whole lot better if you get them further up the curve, even in the normal range. You can make a lot of progress even in the normal range by getting them further up the curve uh, 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 of the reference range. And they'll have better energy, better weight management, better mental clarity, and they won't feel cold all the time. And that's called thyroid optimization. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And not everybody fits into that box mm -hmm. of normal ranges. Correct, correct, correct. <laughs> Um, so what are our big take-home lessons today? What would you like for our listeners to go home knowing? Well, Coach, yeah, once again, it's a, uh, about time we did this talk on thyroid because it is so important. It's, uh, it's a master regulator of the metabolism and energy and it has far-reaching effects on the body. Um, it's important to optimize the thyroid in order to treat many diseases such as fatigue and fibro, unexplained weight gain, and to help the, just the patient be the best they can be, and also to prevent other diseases in the future, such as, once again, we talked about how if your thyroid is not optimized, you are at greater risk of things like um, Alzheimer's uh, and uh, cognitive uh, decline. So um, many patients, uh, low normal is just not good enough. They need to be optimized as far as the thyroid function is concerned, and that requires a provider to look at all the evidence, a thorough thyroid panel, a complete medical history, uh, looking at uh, thyroid symptoms, uh, a medical exam, looking for signs and symptoms of uh, uh, low thyroid, and a look at vital signs. Uh, uh, so for instance, do they have low body temperature or slow pulse? Then the provider needs to put all that uh, stuff together and look at it through the lens of clinical correlation and optimization to help the patient achieve her goals and to be the best that she can be. Dr. Mittman, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us on thyroid management. We've seen many thousands of patients at the clinic for this condition, and the approach that you've laid out certainly has helped them. Um, I can picture many faces now mm -hmm, just of mm -hmm. them coming back in. I feel so much better. I can too, Coach, and it brings me great joy when it happens. Yes. I know it does you too. And so, uh, yeah, uh, so um, once again, Coach, very important issue, and I'm glad we finally got around to it. Uh, uh, hopefully we're able to shed some light on it or at least uh, our approach to it. So that'll about do it for this episode of the Functional Medicine Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope that we were able to share something that was helpful. And don't forget to check us out at functionalmedicinepodcast.com or go to mcminclinic.com and take a moment to rate us on iTunes, if you will. These uh, reviews are very important and they do make a difference. And uh, please help us grow the podcast by telling your friends and family about us. And you can follow me also on Facebook and Instagram. And quick shout out to Ben, our recording engineer who makes sense of all this technological stuff for us. Thank you so much, Ben. And if you have any questions or topics that we should cover in the future that um, you'd like to hear on our podcast, please drop us a line to ben at mcminclinic.com. Shoot him an email. And now, Coach Lindsay, can you leave us with a final Coach Lindsay Pearl of Wisdom? <laughs> well, thank you, Dr. Raitman. You know, I think, to me, I just continue to hear that quote that you've, you've, oh, you always say to all of our patients, which is, you are the captain of your own ship. And to our listeners, you are the captain. These are... We're continuing to try to add tools for you. So ask, advocate for that full thyroid panel, TSH, reverse T3, T, free T3, T4, and TPO. Advocate for that. And then also 
consider at home, like what what symptoms might I have? And um, partner with whoever your physician is, whether that's a functional medicine doctor um, or whether that's a conventional doc. Um, it's important in whatever practice you walk into that you are that empowered patient um, and that will help you be optimized in your thyroid um, as well as your other hormones and your gut health and and beyond so I think that's my big takeaway is that captain of your ship yeah 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 and, and uh, I love the advocacy part there as well Lindsay you do have to advocate for yourself um, and uh, advocate for getting the right test done advocate for maybe if the synthroid is not working for you advocate for uh, mm-hmm. trying some armor or cytomel uh, and advocate for thyroid optimization. Uh, uh, sometimes, once again, low normal is not good enough. If you're low normal, you feel fine. I don't mess with it. But if you're low normal and you have fatigue and fibro and brain fog and you're cold all the time, then absolutely, you need to be uh, further up the curve. So, uh, so yeah, we all have to be advocates uh, for our health. Um, and uh, um, so that should do it. Uh, uh, thank you so much for listening. This is Dr. McMinn. And this is Coach Lindsay. Take, Take care, care and, and be well. well.